either in the depth or in the height thereof. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to, to refuse the evil and choose the good. You'll need not turn to it, but Isaiah 9, 2 said, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath light shined. Then in verse 6 and 7 of chapter 9, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord hath performed this. Before we're seated, got a question. Have you ever peeked at your Christmas gift before Christmas? Are you one of those families that opens everything before Christmas? This morning we want to look at sneaking a peek of God's gift to this world. Sneaking a peek of God's gift to this world. I'm going to ask Brother Bill if he would lead us to a throne of grace. Oh, yes. Amen. You may see, has everybody got your hand out this morning? Does anybody need one this morning? Well, you might like to know 700 years before Jesus was born, God actually pulled back the wrapping and allowed us an amazing peek at His amazing gift to the world. Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The older virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He and shall call his name Emmanuel. Later on in the Gospels we find that word Emmanuel means God with us. In Luke 2, 12 the Bible says, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. 
This was a unique, one-of-a-kind gift. In fact, this gift had a dual nature to it. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. Child is born speaks of a human birth. A son is given speaks of Jesus in relationship to his father. A child is born speaks of humanity. A son is given speaks of divinity. A son is, child is born speaks of earthly. A son is given speaks of heavenly. A child is born speaks of son of man. But a son is given speaks of the son of God. Jesus had no earthly mother, had an earthly mother, but no earthly father. But Jesus had a heavenly father, but no heavenly mother. It is one of the most special child that was ever brought into this world. He is a gift of God to you and to me. May I say Christmas is more than just a special feeling in the air, more than goodwill and love among people, and all those things are important. But Christmas is special because God entered human flesh and became the greatest gift the world has ever experienced. It truly was. God laying aside his heavenly crown and garments and taking on human flesh and living and abiding here for 33 and a half years. Wow, what a gift. There's three things this morning I want to share with you about this gift as we sneak a peek at this gift. I love this. Last year we had bought Jaden this racetrack and, uh, and probably a week or two before Christmas he came in there and he said, what's that under the bed? <laughs> now you got to understand he's very was always being a somewhat sh- uh, shy child. We didn't even have no idea he would ever look under the bed. But he came in, what's that under the bed? He'd always sneak to peek what his Christmas gift was all about. This morning I want us to just take a sneak peek of what God gave and not to Isaiah 700 years before the Savior was ever born that first Christmas morning. First of all, this is a gift the world needs. If you're keeping your notes and your hand out, this is a gift the world needs. Have you ever received a gift you just didn't need? I mean, we, we want to be kind. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but... You know, you unwrap it and you're looking at this and saying, what do I do with this? 
And uh, uh, I, I'm not going to ask how many, you know, you receive something that you absolutely don't need, so you keep it boxed up and, and put it away till next year and you re-gift it. I'm not going to ask that question. But I'm sure it has happened. It was a gift, but this gift was a gift the world needed. I mean, the, Bible, uh, the report was issued by the Consumer Council estimating that Americans, now get this, spend $1 billion a year on gifts that people do not want or need. And I can prove this. The day after Christmas, the week after Christmas, they'll open 10 return lanes at Walmart. Amen. I can to, to for you to bring it back and to exchange it or something else. But when God sent his son into this world, it was a gift the world desperately needed. And what society is most never recognized they needed that gift. As a matter of fact, most believe they don't really need this gift in our world we live today. But oh, if they just knew how desperately they do need this gift. God looked down on a world that was stained with sin, bound for judgment, and then gave from heaven the best gift to earth that he could possibly give. He gave his, his son. Well, what kind of gift was his? We need it. What kind of gift was it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Notice number A, if you will. This was a gift of love. In Romans 5, 8, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We don't receive the gift of God's Son because we deserve it. But it was a gift that was given in an act of love. Do you know, do you know today that you're loved? Do you know there's a God in heaven before you was ever born loved you so much, so much that he literally became a man to relate to you and I. This man called Jesus. I, I'm amazed that God would love us so much that he sent his only begotten son in human form to suffer and die and, play in, our, to, and die in our place. Literally, he came to pay a debt that we owed. We were in, we was in line just the other, other day, and, and this has not happened but once, to my knowledge. But we were in, 
in, in line at McDonald's. Seems like we stay in that line much too often. <laughs> but we were in line at McDonald's and we ordered something, it was $3 and some cents, and uh, we're cheap. All right. And uh, we got to the window and the woman said, The lady before you paid for yours. You know what my first thought was? Praise God, we should have ordered supper and dinner for all the rest of them. No, forgive me. Quite, quite as holy as some of you. So. But I, I thought, wow. And she pulled off, so we pulled up, and I thanked her so much. Now, she didn't know me. I didn't deserve it. She had no, she had no knowledge of me. She just paid for my meal. And that's what Jesus did. If you already have this gift, then, oh my goodness, why don't we share it? Why don't we share it? Many of you will get a gift this Christmas and you won't be able to wait to share it with someone else. You'll want to tell someone else and, you know, they, they, they start talking at work. I, I got this and got this. Well, you can't wait to tell them why I got this and I got this. Oh, but if we have accepted the gift of the love of God, why don't we share that to a lost and a dying world? Isaiah 6 and 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who would go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. Of course, it's impossible to share what you don't have. But I love this. This morning I was, I was given a gift. I didn't plan this. But it became a wonderful illustration. I received a gift. I didn't deserve the gift, but I received the gift. And um, it's something I've never had before in my life. But the value of the gift, the value of the gift is not in what it cost or what it is. The value in the gift is in the person that gave me the gift. And you don't have enough money to purchase that this morning. Not because of what it cost. Because of who that it gave, to, gave it to me. You understand? Because of the person that gave it to me, it moves into the realm for me. Priceless. I got received a gift as a little boy at Icarus Grove Baptist Church. And I'm thankful that the gift is great. It's so great. I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. That day I got heaven. That day I got an eternity to be with Him. But what's great about that is the person that gave it to me. The, the values in the person because when I trusted Him as my Savior, He gave me eternal life. And not only did He give me eternal life, but He loved me so much that He gave it to me when I deserved nothing. When I had no money, when I had nothing to offer Him, He gave me eternal life. 
And I bless his good name. See, the reality is we give gifts that, that we give those that we love our best gifts. You don't give your friend more expensive gift than you give your wife if you want to stay married. <laughs> Trying to help you. All right? But oh, it was a gift of love. What else kind of gift was? Well, it was a gift of light. And the Bible says, in the people I walked in darkness, I've seen a great light. That's that day when Jesus came, born in a, in a, in a manger, it was the little light of the world came to a dark, dark world. Jesus came as light because our world was gripped in a terrible spiritual darkness. And let me say the reason the world needs this gift is because it's still in that darkness. It's gripped in it. We're living in a dark world. When Christ was born, the Father hung a star in the sky above Bethlehem to symbolize the light-giving ministry that Jesus came to fulfill. An artist has painted a, a dark and a gloomy forest, and in the midst of it, he's added a small cabin, and then he takes his brush dips in yellow paint and simply touches the window pane of the canvas in that little cottage. And everyone who sees it says it was a picture of comfort and peace. Because in the midst of that dark, shadowy woods, a cabin with a light in the window. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. He came into a murky, dark world, born in a small village called Bethlehem, and God splashed the light of heaven into the dark landscape of mankind. And what a great light it was. We wonder why our world does what it does. We wonder why wickedness seems to reign more and more. We wonder why all these things happen. It happens because they're in darkness. They're in the dark. We wonder why they can't see. They're in the dark. The world needs this gift because it's a gift of love. It's a gift of light. But not only that, it's a gift of life. And they that dwell in the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. Do we understand here this morning? Do we understand that we all stand in the shadow of death? You're one step away. You're one breath away. Now, we don't like to think about that. We, our tendency is, well, I'm, I'm young. I'm young. Graveyard's full of young people that's passed on. Well, I'm healthy. Graveyard's full of healthy people that passed on. Oh, we, we feel we're going to live forever, but the reality is 
We all live in the shadow of death. Now for the lost people, we need to understand, you're already dead. You're already dead. The Ephesian writer said, you had the quickened who were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. The reality is, if you're lost, you're dead. I know we, we say, well, I'm not dead, but yes, you are. You're dead in your trespasses and in your sins. That's what the Bible says. You're dead. I fear sometimes, folks, we, we have an expectation of lost people to act like saved people when in reality, dead people can act anyway. They're dead. They're dead. But God came, sent His Son, that we might have life. And not only life, but He wants to give us life more abundantly. I love that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? John 10, 10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life, not only that, but that you might have it more abundantly. God wants to bless you. And this gift the world desperately needs. Second, notice, this is a gift that works. Have you ever got a gift that simply didn't work? And they're often bought on sale and you can't return it. So you're stuck with it. God made a provision and fulfilled a promise with a divine provision. This is a gift that works. Early in my ministry, early in my life, I got very frustrated with Christianity. I was very frustrated that it didn't seem to work. Being very honest with you this morning, it to me, it just didn't seem to work. But I, I'm so thankful for the day I began to see my Savior in a whole different light. And I begin to grasp the fact that it does work. Just doesn't work the way I think it should work sometimes. Or the way I'm planning on it to work sometimes. And, but the reality is, it works. Two little boys were playing one December, and when one of them noticed the Christmas tree, uh, the other was artificial. He said, to his friend, we have a real tree in our house, but yours is artificial. Doesn't, doesn't it bother you that your tree's not real? The other little boy replied, oh no. Doesn't bother me one bit that the tree's not real, just as long as the presents of the tree are real. May I say, the tree may not be real, but praise uh, praise God for the present. The gift is real. We see this. We see this. 
in a display of his power. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. He who bore our sins on his back, he will bear our souls as well. He who bore the cross conquered death. Now nothing can defeat him. Jesus came in the world like any other baby. Jesus grew up as any other boy except for the fact he was sinless. But now listen to me. One of the greatest miracles in the Bible. He lived for 33 and a half years and never did anything sinful. Most incredible thing. I said this morning to our Sunday school class, may I publicly thank my class for coming out here this morning so we could put our classes together. I said we ought to be gracious. We ought to be gracious to one another. We ought to be gracious. Boy, I, I said this morning, I said if we critique... You take any person here, if you critique them to everything they say or do or how they act, oh, what a miserable way to live. What to be gracious. You know why? Because the Lord's gracious to us. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. We ought to be gracious. But with Jesus... You have to be gracious because he never sinned. He never sinned. We see this displayed in his power. We see this defined in his person. Be defined in his person. He is our God. He's wonderful and a counselor. He's our God, a mighty God. He's our Father. He's an everlasting Father. He's our peace. He's the Prince of Peace. We use being preached on this on Wednesday nights. Let me give you a simple meeting. He leads. He's he's loving. He's Lord. And he gives a lasting peace to all who trust him. Let me give you that again. He leads. He's Lord. He's loving. And he gives a lasting peace to all who trust him. This description tells us he's above any and all persons. Over everything. We live in a time when promises given to one another are futile and useless. God's promise to us in Christ is a promise you can believe in. I love this poem. That night when shepherds heard the song of host of angelic singing near a deaf man lay in slumber spell and dreamed that he could hear. That night when in, in a cattle stall slept mother and child in humble fold, a cripple turned his twisted limbs and dreamed that he would be made whole. That night when o'er the babe a tender mother rose to lean, a loathsome leper smiled in his sleep and dreamed that he was clean. That night when to his mother's breast the little king was, was helped secure, a harlot dreamed a happy sleep and dreamed that she was pure. 
That night when in a manger lay the Son of God who had come to save, a man turned in sleep of death and dreamed there was no grave. In Boston Harbor, a submarine sunk a few years ago. Divers went down to rescue the occupants, and as they arrived at the submarine, they heard Morse code being tapped out by the sailors on the inside. They listened for the complete message, and this is what they heard. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? The divers tapped in response, Yes, there is hope. We are here to save you. That was the message. Jesus came to give our lost world. There is hope because Jesus came and he said, I'm here to save you. May I say this is a gift the world needs? This is a gift that works. But last of all, this is a gift that lasts. How many of you know what you got last year and where it is. Praise the Lord. One. Few of you. How many remembers what you got last year? A couple of you. The reality is, regardless of whatever you got, it won't last. It may last several years, but it won't last forever. The reality is, it will not last forever. As a matter of fact, documented fact, most gifts you received, you probably can't locate them. And if the truth was really told, you saw them exit your yard sale during the summer sometime or another, at a fraction, a small fraction, you put a dollar on it and somebody come and jude you down for 50 cents, yeah, I take it. So the reality is, we have become a throwaway world. We have become a throwaway world. Appliances, cars, how many remember the TV repair band? How many remember when you used to fix TVs? Now that's almost a thing of the past. It goes, throw it out, and go get you another one. Very few, in a scheme of everything, are repaired anymore. It's good to know there's something that never fails. Is never out of date. When all the food has run out, the money has been spent, the candles are burned out, the trees dried up, thank God Jesus will never, never give out. Kids saw workers putting away a manger scene at a church on the day after Christmas. Look, Daddy, they're putting Jesus away. They may have put a plastic Jesus away, but may I say this, you can't put Jesus away on the throne in heaven. He is a Savior 
that last. I remember the story when it still is, I guess it plays. I don't watch it myself. And that story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. How many remembers that story? Yay, Christmas, joy, and and so he determines I'm going to steal and his trusty dog with uh, uh, antler ears on goes down to Whoville. Ain't that the name of that place? And he takes the ornaments and he takes the lights and he takes the trees and he takes the toys and he takes the food. And in the next morning he waits with glee as, as everybody, he, what he's wanting to hear is the moaning and the crying and the boo-hooing, but, but instead he wakes up and he hears singing as he wakes up and he realizes, I didn't steal Christmas at all. This world would love to steal Christmas from you. He would love to get you so in, embraced in the bind of gifts. He would love to get you so, uh, so uh, involved in purchasing the right gift and gifts and this has got to be perfect. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. And he can get you involved in all the, all the trappings and all the things of, of Christmas. He'd love to do that if he can steal your Christmas. But if Jesus, Jesus is your Christmas, there's a gift that will last I'm going to love Jesus before Christmas. And may I remind you, the day after Christmas, I still want to love my gift. Christina Rosette penned, What shall I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I'd do my part. What shall I give him? Oh, I know. I'll give him my heart. God has given us his gift. Have you given him your heart and your life? You say, not really. Well, you can right now, right here. Next Sunday, we will have a special day, as we always do, where we bring a gift to Jesus, and we allow you to do that. I want you to pray this week and ask God what he would have you to do. But may I say, that's not the greatest gift you can give Him. The greatest gift you can give Him today is your heart and your life. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, But the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a gift. Then he goes on to say, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich and all that call upon him. For whosoever you can be, that one, whosoever, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That gift is waiting on you to just receive.
So I'll stand to her feet. If it had bowed and every eye closed.